What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. A couple of days ago, I think we would have told you we were probably going to be doing the Brian Cashman Comes Back episode today. Um, kind of weird. This is radio silence on Brian Cashman coming back. Where is he? Is he coming back? Are we waiting for the Astros World Series to be over so that we can maybe talk to James Click, the saddest Adam Sandler movie and the best GM in baseball? I I don't know, but I do know that we are hearing a little bit of buzz about maybe Cashman getting elevated out of his role, maybe somebody else taking over as the GM and Cashman being the you know, president of execution of concept management or some other title that they invented to make him think that he's elevated in the right. I don't know, but I do know and the guarantee of, of his return at this moment. So stay tuned. Uh, but plenty of early offseason buzz. Plus the Houston Astros and Phillies appear to be playing an instant classic world series, an incredible game one, a perfect game by the umpire in game two. Otherwise that one was, Pretty boring, though. We go back to Philadelphia, tied 1-1. The Phillies don't have to go back to Houston. They could win and then win again and then win a third time, and then they wouldn't have to go back to Houston. But Thomas Carinante, for some reason, the Houston crowd has been terrible through two of these games. They were insane for the Yankee series. They always are. They make that place a house of horrors. And it's mostly been oil billionaires sitting down so far at games one and two. Probably more of the same for games six and seven if they do get played. In the meantime, though, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Drop us those five-star reviews, mailbag, respond to the reviews, give your questions the responses they deserve. Uh, and again, shout out to our listeners in the UK who are staying up to ungodly hours watching this World Series. I just Oi. learned that Utley lives in the UK. Oi, for some reason. Uh, he's 
people were talking about him throwing out the first pitch tonight. He's like MLB's ambassador to the UK in an effort to expand the game, and he's been living there since earlier in the summer. So he's Good a pillar of that. Uh, he's he's great, Mister Etley. If you're listening to the podcast, oi. Uh, and Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. Uh, all's been pretty quiet in Yankee land since the Boone extension mm. or non-firing news drop. Yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. I am your worst nightmare today. I'm wearing my green fluorescent hat to represent the Yankees accounting department. Um, <laughs> they will penny pinch their way through this offseason. Um, I will be giving Hal Steinbrenner the worst advice today on how to save every last dollar um, how to rip fans off by keeping them at the ballpark for too long. You name it. Um, but, yeah, hope everybody enjoyed their mischief night last night. Hope you got some eggs and TP in. That's always a good time. Um, we ran a little scary column this morning, um, penned by Ooh. yours truly, um, about why Judge has three reasons to leave the Yankees um, and every right to do so, in fact. Uh, we don't need to talk about that on here. You can head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Read that yourself. Um, in terms of the buzz, you're right, Adam. There's been nothing much. I think um, uh, Yankees fans have gone dormant since the judge, uh, not the judges, the Aaron Boone news, um, solely because he got the endorsement from the owner, which is probably the best endorsement you're going to get from anybody in the offseason, because even if Cashman endorsed him, there's the possibility of Cashman not being there. And, you know, if there's a new GM coming in, it wouldn't matter that the man, the manager positions up for grabs. So the fact that um, Hal Steinbrenner uh, called for Boone's return now creates a little bit of confusion because a Boone's under contract. So obviously I don't think he was going to say anything off the cuff there to suggest uh, um, anything extreme would be happening. Um, even though he did acknowledge, yes, he's our manager. He's under contract. He's a very good manager. We don't anticipate a change. And then you have Cashman who's a free agent Um so now I'm wondering, um, now we're sitting here, we're wondering what the deal with Cashman is. I don't think it's anything crazy. Um, but in the event he doesn't come back, is Hal going to hire a GM and be like, Aaron Booth, your manager, figure it out? I don't know. I think maybe that's part of the reason Yankee fans went dormant because the Boone News all but officially signaled Cashman was coming back. Um, and uh, outside of just, um, Anthony Rizzo expecting to opt out, which is everything you know, that that was something we expected since the day he signed that one year deal last year. Um, and Kiner Falefa being um, uh, unsure about his Yankees future, um, among other very small things, uh, free agents who are leaving that we already know um, there hasn't been much. And I'm kind of glad there hasn't been much because I wanted to watch this World Series. I can't attest to the Houston crown being bad because I watched both these games on mute. Um, don't ask so me. So did they. So did yeah. they. Yeah. I was listening to some music uh, during both of those games, uh, enjoying myself. Um, although the, broad- the broadcast is very good. I think I've just been so conditioned um, to not care about the broadcast because I don't like most NFL broadcasts. And the TBS broadcast for me was awful for um, for the Yankees uh, run to the ALCS. So now I'm just putting on my record player and I'm watching the game unfold and it's it's been great. But yeah, big problem. Big problem in Houston. That that's a that's a tough split for them to have. I know they rebounded in game two, but that game one was bad. Um, and Yankee fans are look, we're on the Philly bandwagon, folks. I know Philly doesn't really want to welcome New York, but um, when you're talking trying to take home a championship, I think you'll take any ally at this point. Am I right? How can you not be on the Philly bandwagon? They're they're like 
a couple of Yankee fans who like live on the border in Jersey who are close enough to Philly that they have to interact with Philly people in their everyday lives and prefer. I mean, I, I don't know how you could possibly prefer Houston to like your friend at work being weird. Like, I, I think I think you just got to accept like your weird sales coworker being like Phillies, huh? Instead of like knowing that Houston gets the satisfaction of another World Series. Yeah. I think you're going to have to suck that one up. But uh, yeah, the early part of the Yankees, uh, this is probably going to be mostly a World Series podcast. The Yankees yeah. are giving us nothing to work with. But the early, uh, a lot of the Brian Cashman conversation in years past has been like, hey, if the Yankees don't want him, somebody else will scoop him up. And then about a week or so ago, it was like, who is who else is going to scoop him up? Who, who's out there trolling for Brian Cashman, trying to give him his next deal, elevate him to GM status? Every other team, basically, like the forward-thinking teams, are hiring younger, hiring more analytically driven. Like they know, hiring people they know have the right mix of analytics. Whatever analytics Cashman's relying on have been largely flawed. He thinks that yeah. Isaiah Kiner Falefa is a top defensive shortstop at baseball. There's almost no metric that says that. So. Without a team like the Royals or like another stuck in the mud franchise that's just like trying to make a legacy hire, who's going to hire Brian Cashman out from under the Yankees' thumb right now? Over the weekend, it started to be they they put the Mets rumor back out, which they love to do every time Brian Cashman's contract is up. A couple, I can't remember if it was twenty seventeen or after twenty twenty. Just one of the many like Cashman's future conversation off seasons. But people started putting that together. Like, I'm sure Steve Cohen on the other side of town would love Brian Cashman in charge. And it's like, would he? But they did it again this weekend. They were like, with Billy Epler's future uncertain as ever, and potentially he's not the man to drive that bus. Would they After one year? You know, keep, Epler, keep Epler as GM and hire Cashman as his superior? Um, to that, I say, I don't, I don't think they would do that. I don't know why they would do that. Uh, I Billy Epler built a hundred one win team. I don't think Steve Cohen's panicking. He knows he has money to patch up any yeah. trouble spots. And additionally, the Mets' dream candidate for that job is David Stearns. Is the dream candidate right now? Always has been. There's been a rumor at every possible juncture about him leaving the Brewers to take over the Mets. Every time the Brewers have said it's not going to happen, Mets fans gotten their hopes up for nothing. And then a couple of days ago, David Stearns uh, leaves the Brewers GM job, hands it off to Matt, or, or leaves the president of baseball ops job. Matt Arnold remains the GM there. Stearns mm -hmm. was floated up to advisor to the owner or some other nonsense. Everybody in the game expects him to pursue an alternate line of work soon. Uh, and why wouldn't that be with the Mets? If they want to elevate somebody over Billy Epler, why wouldn't they wait for their dream candidate? There's also no pressure to make a move there right now. It's a 101-win team, and every Mets fan will tell you that they went dormant in the in their first round playoff series, that the offense wasn't as well-rounded as it should have been. But I don't think there's a Mets fan out there right now, except for the ultra-pessimistic ones who wants to just blow it up. So if they want to elevate somebody, it'll be Stearns, not Cashman. Uh, but people were saying uh, in, in uh, the weekend and into today, the pr preliminary conversations with Hal Steinbrenner about what next season will look like, but hasn't gone beyond preliminary and the longer we wait, the longer it becomes a possibility they might make a move. And when they wait, it's like, who, who do you want to elevate? It's Tim Naring, who's the Red Sox uh, infielder from the mid-90s, who's been a key personnel guy with the Yankees for a long time. Uh, I don't know where you stand on that, but I personally would have no issue with elevating Cashman and promoting Naring, even though clean break would be my choice 1A. I would yeah. take Cashman being elevated, and, and Naring is somebody who a lot of people believe in. That would be my choice 
1B um, and Cashman retaining his job with absolutely no change in reporting or uh, strategizing or no checks and balances on him whatsoever. That would be plan uh, J, K or L for me. I don't know where you are on that. I don't know where I am. I don't, what does a promotion for Cashman entail? Does that mean someone is merely reporting information to him and he's just taking it? Or is he getting final say on stuff? Is he having yeah, a know. hand? Yeah, like I don't want – if we're talking about making the change, right, and cleansing the organization um, and trying to start from scratch with a blank slate, I don't know if Cashman stays. Um, look, and Cashman is Cashman a bad GM? No, he's not. He's He would be a very good GM – in most places, he'd especially be a very good small market GM, in my opinion. Um, I think that uh, he has a few things working um, against him. He is stuck on a budget. Um, he ha- I think there is a reality here that we acknowledge every couple months that free agents don't really want to come here, right? They want the mo- they use the Yankees as a crutch to make the most possible money. We've seen that years, uh, you know, for uh, many years now in a row. So um, he has to tread lightly on who to pay, who not to pay, who to overbid for, who to ensure that he's not getting in the wrong um, bidding wars in free agency. Uh, so look, it's not an easy job. You know, it, it, but at this point, he's done it for twenty five years. Um, you'd like to see the results be a little bit better, especially after more than, you know, the, the entire last half of his reign. Um, and the game has changed. That's that's the bottom line, too. Maybe the game has outgrown Cashman. Maybe the game has outgrown his thinking and is currently not situated properly for the people that he put in place in the analytics department if he's in charge of making those decisions, which I would imagine he is. Um I would need to know the details on him returning. Like, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's bad at his job. I just think that there are people who could do more with the resources that the Yankees provide. Um, there are people who are more creative, and there are people who a little bit might be a little bit more cutthroat. And I think Cashman's job security for this long has not really had him acting like you know, oh shit, tomorrow might be my last fucking day. Like, gotta do something. You know, if there are other GMs in a position where they feel like their job security isn't as stable, maybe they cut Aaron Hicks in July. Maybe they part with the role this Chapman last year. Like you just don't, like these are the things that you have to think about. Um, and when you not not saying anybody's complacent, but when you have when you're in the same position for that long, to me there's no there's no urgency. So the the fine print here of Cashman getting elevated and bringing somebody else in. Um, would need to be put uh, in front of me for to for me to have a, a solid opinion. But my instinct is that just goodbye to the front office. Thank you for your service. Let's figure out this new era at Yankees baseball. We got a nice, we got a solid core here. There's plenty of things to build around. Let's just let's get this new thinking in in here and try to elevate the offering in the postseason because that that needs to be the difference. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. 
Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think what's weird is, you know, would Cashman thrive in a, a small market because there wouldn't be any pretense that he'd ever be able to spend? So it's like, hey, do your bargain basement thing, fill gaps, Get uh, get me seven Wandy Peraltas instead of one. Work your magic. Keep uncovering these gems because I do think he could do that. But then again, you know, with the budget he currently has, he hasn't managed to construct a whole postseason roster with the you know say what you will about the Yankees budget. It should expand more, but it's still in the 230, 250 million range max. Top three in the league every year. Yeah, yeah. So like he's proven that he can't construct a roster that transcends the regular season with that amount of money. So you wonder if reducing it by $100 million helps him because it helps him focus. And it says, just do what you're best at. Go find these undiscovered gems. Swap Jordan Montgomery as his price is escalating for Harrison Bader. Don't worry about the big fish. Like, Mm. you won't be signing Garrett Cole. You won't be trading for Giancarlo Stanton. You will not be extending Aaron Judge unless you could do it like the Braves or the Rays way below market three and a half years ago. So just find your pieces. And instead of winning 99, 100, 102 games every year, win 94 get us into the postseason because in not new york other fans are excited about a postseason berth yeah you put uh you know the milwaukee brewers or the white Sox in the playoffs those teams are like yes 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 let's go you put the a's in the playoffs those teams are pumped you put the yankees in the postseason and it's what's next uh and same <laughs> with the Mets. so if you're if you're sending cashman to the mets and saying you could have your same payroll plus 35 extra million dollars to make another big bet on somebody. I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's the move either. It's, it's funny because the the Yankees are the restricted Mets and every other team wishes they were the Yankees and had the Yankees payroll problem. Uh, So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't know. The fact that we don't have definitive news yet is interesting. Uh, Now in terms of things that I don't enjoy, 
Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, we've been doing that for weeks, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're hearing you're hearing us right. I mean, I have, I have I have no interest in the Brian Cashman era continuing, oh. but uh, clearly the franchise does. It'd be interesting if they want to do something else and, and elevate him and, and move somebody else in that GM role. That's all I have to say. Um, the the one thing, unfortunately, we have heard coordinated from a lot of sources is uh, this nonsense about the fans and Aaron Judge and, and toxicity in the Yankee fan base. And that's the one of all the storylines that we could be talking about this offseason. That's the one that's persisting. And it's especially infuriating because, uh, look, if you're hearing it from Bob Clappish and you're hearing it for uh, from, you know, Andy Martino and you're hearing it from everybody else who clearly has Yankee front office sources, but those front office sources dictate that from all of those shills one after another randy miller who blocked me a long time ago but i'm being told his column also included an embarrassing anecdote about yankee fans um if you're hearing that from those sources that are all putting out the message to the yankees front office you're hearing it because they're trying to set you up so that if aaron judge leaves people are going to start blaming the fans and the, the yeah. negative en- energy surrounding the team and as a reason for his departure now uh, you know that's ridiculous. I know that's ridiculous. But I also know that it's coming from the Yankees front office directly to its mouthpieces. So uh, while you shouldn't be worried about fans blaming fans for Aaron Judge leaving if he leaves, like nobody's dumb enough to be standing on the four train platform after the game being like, this is your fault. We would have won today if we still had Judge, but you blew it. You yelled at him. No, it's your fault. You didn't spend enough of Billy's, dude. You blew, you blew your money before the game. You bought the water bottle on the street. You could have bought it in the stadium. It's $8 in the stadium, $1 out of it. You lost $7 from the Steinbrenners. I see you. I see what you're doing. Like, there's going to be no fan infighting about Aaron Judge. But you should be worried because that's the front office's sources telling its mouthpieces to start writing about this, get people prepared for Judge's departure, and try to sow discord in the fan community. And uh, if Aaron Judge leaves, it'll be on the front office. That's it. That's it, and that's all. It means uh, he wants to be a Yankee. He thinks there's unfinished business in New York. Everybody knows it. Um, he, the, you ask him any question about free agency, and he says, well, you know, we'll see. We're in free agency now. We'll see. You never know. But you ask him if he wants to be a Yankee for life, and he says, I've made that very clear. I want to wear the pinstripes. Everybody knows that. Nobody knows what his future holds, but everybody knows what he wants it to. Um, and so if he leaves, it'll be because the Yankees get way outbid or because someone in the front office offends him. It'll have nothing to do with the fans. You wrote about the Anthony Rizzo conversation where after he got his Low ball, some say low ball, some say fair offer in spring training where he said, you know, you really think that's what I'm worth to Anthony Rizzo? And it clears some discord. Dissatisfaction was sown at that point in time. Uh, it might be a genie that the front office never gets to put back in the bottle after they blew it before the season with the contract extension talks. Uh, but if he leaves, it'll be because they can't figure out how to offer him the amount of money he deserves or they won't offer him the amount of money he deserves or he's still furious about something the front office did to him in March. None of the things that have to do with his potential departure have anything to do with the fans, but that's the message that the front office is trying to lay out for you right now, which is very upsetting. Yeah, and look, I mean, for as dumb as Yankee fans can be, including us, um, we're not that dumb. We know we're not gonna we're not gonna get uh, tied up in that and start arguing with one another about you know whether or not that's actually a direct result of Aaron Judge potentially leaving. Um, Players know what they're signing again. What, what we talked, what we talk about with why Cashman's uh, job's a little bit difficult. Players know what they're getting into when they come to New York. It's the most unforgiving media in the entire world. Um, it's the most dialed in, um, unforgiving fan base in the world. 
um, because of the historical success and because of just the demographic and um, the prices attached to everything. It's New York. Everything is three steps above. Um, you're spending a lot of money to enjoy a night out to watch your team. Um, you're spending, uh, you're spending a lot of money to go out to a bar to, you know, just have the camaraderie to watch your team. So yeah, obviously there's going to be, um, there's going to be an elevated demand for that said person to experience enjoyment and to not, you know, have to see repeated failure. Um, sports fans know Yankee fans know that, this sports are torture for most people, even for Yankee fans, like even the dynasty years, you lose the Oh one world series. That's absolutely brutal. And then on the back end of it, you choke in the ALCS down three Oh in 2004. Like that took a lot of the, that took a lot of the luster off of it. It hurt down, that, down that. two games to one going to Cleveland in 1998. Best team yeah. in franchise history is down two one on the road in the ALCS. They, they bucked up and they won, but sports is never easy. No. Um, and that's, that's the other part of it. It's like, look, we know it's difficult, but it can't be this difficult for the team that's supposed to have the most resources and, um, and allure. Um, but yeah, I think we're in a spot now where it's tough because players know the stakes. They don't want to come here if they're not getting paid the maximum amount, which is part of the problem because they know everything that comes with, they know the fan backlash. They know the nonstop media coverage. They know every single Joey Gallo's pants will be covered in an expose in the offseason um, because of how he didn't fit in. And we have this we have this insider report of uh, him laying out his uniform and that he couldn't do it um, without there being a wrinkle or else he wouldn't be able to perform that day. So I'm so glad that we I'm so glad we got that. That was essential reporting. That was really huge. Absolutely. Uh, and that, and look that, and other players see that and other players know. And that's why I think a lot of Cashman Cashman's work is done on the trade market because he knows, um, that there's, there's that inherent disadvantage. Um, part of the game, I don't blame play look, saying it right now. I don't blame players for wanting that, but Aaron judge is a smart guy. Aaron judge is, um, a very down to earth dude. Um, he's very self-aware. He knows what, he knows what the stakes are here. Um, he addressed the booze after, um, I think it was game three. Um, and he understood, I got to play better. I'm not delivering. People are frustrated. People are here. They want to see us win. Um, they know that the resounding theme here is that the fans just want to see the guys that they support succeed. Um, and when you're booing and when you're showing frustration, it's not directed at one. Usually it's not directed at one certain player. It's directed at the overall product. They will boo every single out. They'll boo an error. They'll, they'll boo, you know, a bad pitch. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not concentrated on one certain instance or one certain individual. Um, most of the, you know, individuals, obviously, you know, you have the IKF stuff, you have the Aaron Hicks stuff. Um, which is a different story. But when you're talking about what they just did in the postseason, historically bad postseason, that was a boo on the collective effort. Um, again, would we boo at a game our best players? I wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. No. Um, am I going to hold, uh, hold people accountable for booing? No. It's a reasonable response to what was happening. Um, so I don't think it's – I think that – Aaron Judge knows there's unfinished business here. The fans are not going to affect his decision to come back. I mean, he also knows the fans love him. He's got a section dedicated to him at Yankee Stadium. He got MVP chance for 95% of this season every time he came up to the plate. 
The stadium was erupting every time he hit a home run. So it's give and take, you know, the place is an absolute zoo when they're succeeding and it's an ugly place when they're failing. Um, it's really not that much different from elsewhere where you have rabid fan bases um, who, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, it's like, what's the difference between us holding Brian Cashman accountable and being frustrated versus Royal fans wanting Dayton Moore out of Kansas city. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. It's fandom. It's frustration. It's emotion. It's high intensity. Um, so I don't think that that's going to play a role in Aaron judge. And I know fans don't think that that's going to play a role, but they know what the optics are going to look like and how slimy kind of the front office can be when they're trying to push their narrative um, and use certain mouthpieces to get the word out, but not tricking us. There's more content to be created and we'll be fighting that battle. (laughs) No, they tricked me. I think it's all your fault. If uh, (laughs) we lose Aaron judge, every one of our listeners should be ashamed of themselves. No, it's, it's, it's just an embarrassing start to the off season. It's, it's a whole bunch of excuse. It's pre excuse making. It's the worst kind of stuff. And we're coming off an ALCS where it's like everybody talking about the roof but not enough people focused on Luis Severino saying the team that beat my ass like they always do got lucky, which is insane, which is an insane thing to say about the Astros who always, always, always beat you. Uh, and Kyle Agashioka said it too. He's like, hey, you know, look at the expected batting averages. What do you want me to say? I, I want you to say that you lost and you're going to win game three. But no, instead <laughs> I got excuses from everybody. And now I'm getting pre-excuses. I'm getting early offseason buzz indicates – some of the Yankees thought the culture was too toxic and they didn't understand why fans were booing Josh Donaldson. Yes, they did. And if they didn't <laughs> understand why fans were booing Josh Donaldson, then they shouldn't be on the team anymore. They should be like cone went on towing the slab this week. Like he always does. And had a great, well, that was great interview where he was like, uh, you know uh, what, what the, it was, what was the word they used? Like brutal that the, the environment yeah. was brutal. And he was yeah. like, the play was brutal. The play was brutal. The play that I saw was brutal. It's like, yes, David, thank you. Like, that's the broadcaster of the team. He's not going to yeah. be booing anybody, but he was like, hey, you, you want me to believe that you had a tough time? I had a tough time watching what you were doing and what you were yeah. being paid to do. That's what Derek Jeter said a couple of months ago. So Yankee fans don't go to the stadium to boo. They boo because they're looking to cheer. Yes. Derek Jeter, when he got booed as an active player, said the same thing. I got to play better. That's what Aaron Judge said. Yep. But somebody anonymously is leaking some nonsense, whether this is real or not. Maybe it's all front office created. I don't know. But if a player is leaking this, it's embarrassing. And if the front office is leaking this to justify non-spending and a non-pursuit of Aaron Judge, it's even more embarrassing. Now let's talk about the roof. The roof! Which was closed uh, for game one of the World Series. Mm. So that the world's mm. quietest Houstonians could sit down and... Uh, uh, politely clap for their baseball team, their 106 win behemoth juggernaut, just showing a. I heard multiple reports of people being told to sit down at this game. Every time they panned the crowd, it was just a bunch of old people. Uh, the Philly kid, the little child who was taunting that Astros fan, said that the Astros fan started it uh, on the local news, which I guess is the most active an Astros fan was all game long. Uh, so the roof needed to be closed for that game. Uh, because it was monsoon conditions in downtown Houston. They did show it. It was like, ah, we can't play with the roof open tonight. Uh, but Aaron Judge's fly ball in game two of the D of the uh, CS, not the sole reason the Yankees lost the series in which they were swept, right? Can't I come on to the show and be like, the Yankees blew the ALCS because the roof was open. Prove me wrong. No, not true, obviously. But <laughs> that guy at uh, the table. 
that one yeah guy at the table saying it's his worst point ever there's a whole line of people waiting to prove him wrong he's like oh i didn't expect this massive crowd is ready to prove me wrong but uh aaron judge should have had a go-ahead two-run homer the expected batting average was like 980 he hit it at the exit velocity and and launch angle that predicates a, a home run is extremely likely there were some nonsense figures saying that the wind knocked it down by 90 feet or whatever that wasn't true but We've seen home runs. We've seen home runs in Houston. We saw DJ LeMahieu's home run off Roberto Osuna in 2019. That looked like a home run. Then a couple of days later, JT Realmuto hits one less hard with a worse launch angle. Little further to right field, it gets pretty significantly out for the game-winning homer in the 10th. What gives here? What gives here? What happened? What what just happened? I mean, thanks thanks to the roof because it gave the Phillies a 1-0 lead on the Astros. The Astros were able to maintain the split. Uh, and we thank Justin Verlander as well for blowing a 5 nothing lead. Ben Verlander's postgame analysis was very interesting that night. Uh, probably a bad idea to hire the starting pitcher's brother to give analysis live after the World Series, but it's not my call. I don't work for Fox. Thank God. Uh, so Verlander choked, but the Astros do lose that game in large part because of uh, a ball that was hit less hard than the one Aaron Judge hit that didn't get out of the same stadium in the same place a week prior. What say you? Yeah, I mean, look, folks, this article's blowing up on yanksgoyard.com, so appreciate all the readers, but I didn't even mean it for it to be that. Uh, all I wanted was people to just have a discussion about the roof being open and why the Astros were clearly using it as a competitive advantage, which is well within their right. Um, the roof was open for the second time in 84 home games at the time of the ALC at the time of ALCS game two. Um and everyone was like, why? And then Dusty Baker, the manager of the Astros, talked at length about it in um, the pregame and was saying that, you know, balls hit to left field, they're going to get an extra boost. Balls hit to right field, they're probably going to get knocked down. Uh, there was no reason as to why they were opening the roof. Uh, even Carlos Correa, who was doing the pre- and post-game analysis, said that he must have played with an open roof in Houston maybe 10 times his entire career there. Oh. So this this was very much a rare instance and people were questioning it. And Astros fans were one Astros fan told me on Twitter that it's an ML it's MLB's call. It's absolutely fucking not MLB's call. Um, So Astros fans, some Astros fans don't even know what they're talking about, but you fast forward to real Muto's home run, which look, this thing came full circle and the Astros got bit for having the roof closed. But like you said, they couldn't open it anyway. So it doesn't matter. We're just happy to see them lose. But yeah, when you see real Muto's hit, 98 miles an hour versus Judge's 106 miles an hour. So that's an eight-mile-an-hour difference. Judge had two degrees more on his launch angle, which makes a pretty decent difference when it's in that uh, the sweet spot of the launch angle, which I was reading about more because I wanted to ensure that this kind of all made sense. The sweet spot is like 25 to 40. So Judge's was two degrees closer to 40, which makes a big difference. The Judge's projected distance with the window open was 345, uh, Real Muto's projected distance with the roof closed was 346. Um, and we did have that tweet um, uh, from Devin Fink talking about how, you know, that home run should have been 415 feet. I think people took that a little bit out of context. And it was balls hit in that uh, exit velocity range and launch angle range, uh, 106 to 107 miles an hour and 27 to 29 launch a- degree launch angle on average traveled 414 feet. So we're not saying judges home run absolutely should have been that far, but 
you could see if that's the average and judge was 90 feet below the average or how, or what was it? 70 feet below the average. Yeah. It's evident that the roof played a role and the roof is allowed to play a role. That's what we were talking about. We were saying this is, they have every right to exercise this competitive advantage, but like people being in denial or just saying Yankee fans were going to, you know, use as a, as a pre-baked in excuse. I wish Aaron Boone didn't say a word about it. I wish the fans would have been more, uh, uh, responsible for having that discourse because the players should not be making any excuses. We shouldn't be looking at expected batting average. We shouldn't be, you know, Luis Severino looking at exit velocities. That's all niche parts of the game. The other, the, the main part of the game is winning and delivering in moments where, you know, your team needs a boost um, and rising to the occasion when there is a high stress, whatever it is, that's the main theme of playoff baseball and the Astros uh, capitalizing on your opponent's mistakes uh, something the Yankees didn't really execute on as much as they could have over the course of the postseason. The Astros literally did it every fucking time a mistake was made by the Yankees. Um, but it just all it was was interesting to see how the roof being open clearly played a role in game two. Um, and we are allowed to say it played a role, um, preface the entire thing saying this is not an excuse. It's just crazy that people were disregarding this the second the moment the conversation was brought up and claiming it was going to be used as a defense when in reality it was just like, you're using this to your advantage, so just why don't you acknowledge it? You know the Yankees go oppo a lot. You know they have lefty hitters. Uh, you know they have powerful lefty hitter, a uh, handful of powerful lefty hitters who can go out to right field. You have a lot of slugging right-handed hitters, and Jordan Alvarez hits the ball so hard that wind is not going to affect his ability to pull the ball, but right-handed hitters going opposite field, that's certainly going to affect their their uh ability to hit the ball out. And that's, that's kind of characterizes uh, a very strong point of the Yankees roster. So prevailing sentiment here is a conversation can and should have been had. Um, Astros fans just immediately went to defense, went into denial because they didn't want, uh, they wanted this to all be pinned on the Yankees for sucking, which they got their wish. The Yankees did suck for four games uh, and one swing of the bat from Aaron judge. Look, you can even look back to 2019 they won game one in Houston. If they win game two in Houston this year, does it really make that big of a difference? They came back to the Bronx uh, in 2019 and lost two straight games at home. So it's like we no one's making an excuse. It's just a, why don't you just admit you open the fucking roof for a competitive advantage? Why don't you just do that? It makes everybody's lives easier because then we could talk about how we suck. We could talk about how you're a bunch of babies. And then we just all we all get over. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Over it. It's easier that way. The funniest thing was them using the short porch argument being like, everybody gets the same wind, though. So I don't know why you're crying. It's like, yeah, everybody gets the same wind, but only one of the teams had the uh, potential game winning home run taken away by the wind. So it's yeah. no facto. like if we had both had balls knocked down by the wind, it'd be like, yep, oops, happened to both of us. Yep. Unfortunately, it only happened to one of us. So you had your boilerplate responses ready, but it just wasn't accurate based on the game that was played. Um, and, and the short porch, yeah, everybody does get to use that. You can use that. You can do whatever you yeah. want with it. But the wind, it, it's much harder to say, like, I'm going to use the wind. Or, like, I know the wind is going to affect my ball, so I think I'll hit it to a completely different area of the stadium. No, no one can use the wind. Uh, and it just happened to, you know, could have knocked down a huge homer for the Astros. It didn't. It knocked down a huge homer for the Yankees. And they get penalized by JT Realmuto a couple days later. Uh the roof wasn't the only way in which the Astros have cheated so far in this World Series. No. Nope. Uh, in game one, there were not one, but two instances of Houston Astros cheating. Um, I would love to know personally if there was a single, uh, let's play a mind uh, a mind game, an imagining game. When's the last time you've played a nice imagining game? When I was six. Imagine, imagine this being said during a World Series broadcast about any other team besides the Astros. And the result just sort of being like, we just said that on air, and we're just going to leave it there. So uh, they in the middle of game two, you had Tom Verducci saying, uh, in, in the cute little story spot, which is usually reserved for cute little stories, yeah. and they're typically like, hey, guys, while you're talking about uh, Chaz McCormick, He's actually a Pennsylvania native and a lifelong Phillies fan. He was in the stands for the 2008 World Series, and he still keeps his rally towel with him in his locker today to remember that game. Back to the booth. It's like, oh, that's cute. He's uh, yeah, he's got a, he's a fan as a kid now. He's in the World Series with the Astros. That's nice. In game two, it was, hey, Tom Verducci here. I just want to cut in while we're talking about Martin Maldonado. In game one, he was using a bat that was illegal. He used it the whole game and got one really important hit. Now, he's been told he's not allowed to use it anymore. All right, well, back to the live game. And then the announcer follow-up is like, yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, the 1-0 to l <laughs> In what other game do we not stop the coverage to be like, Tom, sorry, wait, let's get you back here for a second. Did you just say that somebody was using an illegal bat uh, yesterday in game one of the World Series? And then just the, the punishment was just stop using it. And then uh, also, like, when was he was he using it in the ALCS against the Yankees? Because yeah. he hit hit pretty well against the Yankees. Um, and, and a lot of Astros fans saying, like, hey, it's only illegal for safety reasons. It's only illegal because it's so light and it breaks for safety reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, if the specifications are different than anybody else's bat, 
if Martin Maldonado chooses that bat because it's lighter, because it's easier for him to swing, because it's any number of things, then it's not just for safety reasons. It has a bigger barrel, too. And There's was- no way that somebody was like, Martin, you got to give up that bat for safety reasons. And he was like, I'm not going to because I like being unsafe. He was like, <laughs> I'm not going to because it's good. I like the way this bat feels. So, uh, you know, illegal, uh, you know, full of Super Bowls, corked, no, but illegal. Just like, hey, was was George Brett having too much pine tar on the bat? Was that like the most illegal thing ever was that like the biggest competitive advantage ever no but it was illegal so they threw him out this bat was illegal you should be allowed to relitigate the recent past where illegal equipment was being used yeah very uh and it's funny because that's just such a meaningless bending of the rules and they still fucking did it they still thought that they still were like you know what we'll get away with it or we don't give a fuck because that's what they do. And then yeah, you have uh, Elite uh, Aledmus Diaz. Um, how do you say his first name? Aledmus. I do Aledmus. Yeah. Aledmus Diaz. Yeah. Aledmus Diaz in that bottom of the 10th. Um, so this is uh, – so game one. This is game one. They cheated twice in game one. Maldonado yeah. used his bat for the entire time. Now you're wondering – I would love for someone to ask him if he was using that in the ALCS. Um, nobody will, though. Uh, nobody will. The court of public opinion has not – delivered on the punishment properly that Rob Manfred was envisioning. Um, could have just punished them for real. Would have been great. Um, that same game one, bottom of the 10th, after Real Muto's home run in the top of the 10th to give the Phillies a 6-5 lead. Astros have runners on second and third with two outs. Diaz comes in on to pinch hit for, I believe it was Trey Mancini, who had a rough night at the plate. Um, 1-0 count to Diaz. Uh, Robertson, who was a little bit – David Robertson, Phillies reliever, former Yankee. Uh, he spoke out about the Astros, too, uh, back in 2017. We'll get to that maybe later this week. Um, threw a slider, hung up a little bit up and in, but it was like, what, a couple inches off the plate. Diaz tries to lean his um, his uh, right shoulder into it. Kind of uh, subtle, kind of subtle, but, you know. It, it was obvious. Got, if that one, yeah, if that one had hit him, though, he would have gotten away with it. The, yeah. The second pitch. Yes. Um, but either way, it was clear that he was – going closer to the ball than he was making an effort trying to get away from it. Um, And it was an 86 mile an hour pitch. So it's not like he was working hard to avoid a 97 mile an hour heater. Um, So you have that next pitch on the two Oh, same pitch. He fully leans into this one, clocks it with his elbow pad. um, And the ump does not let him take first base. So here's the funny part about this. Um, how is there no penalty for that? There's no penalty for leaning into a pitch when you're not. It was a called to. ball. That, yeah. That's what shocked me. I was that, yeah. I was up late watching no it with person. everybody else. I, I was no like, shot. oh, it's a two. He just blew it. Like, it's a 2-1 pitch now. It, it's strike one. It should have been ball three. And then they start the A-B again. It's like, and the 3-0 on the way to Diaz. Yeah. Like, Wait, so he just got rewarded. Like, he doesn't get to go to first, but he still got rewarded for that? Why? It's, exactly. it's obvious. He should be out. He should be banned for life. No, not really. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it, it should, should clearly be, be a strike. It should either be – it should be one of three things. It should be a strike, which I think is, like, the most obvious punishment for that, or it should be two strikes, or if you have two strikes, you're out for doing that. Um, so in that instance, that should have made it a 2-2 count by my fake rules um, that I think are very uh, – that that are that it kind of encapsulate – um, and provide the 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 moment and the proper justice here. But 
yeah, so you have those two instances, thankfully. Well, and you know why? You know, the reasoning kind of behind behind him trying to do that was you have runners on second and third. You, if he gets on base somehow, Chaz McCormick, who's been fucking blazing hot this postseason, comes to the plate next. So there was a clear – you just look at the – this is just based on context clues. You see what's happening, and then you're like, oh, I see what he was trying to do. Load the bases for one of the hottest hitters on the team throughout this postseason – give your, you know, give yourself a better chance to win because Diaz hasn't exactly been doing much. He's mostly a depth player, um, comes in for defensive purposes, um, isn't really, isn't a front-facing figure on this team whatsoever. Um, So there was intent there, in my opinion. Um, And that's two times they cheated in the same game. They got away with zero of them. I understand Maldonado had that RBI hit that forced this game to go into extras, but in the end, they lose. Nonetheless, it's yet another instance that, Astros fans, you want this shit to go away? Stop blindly defending your team. Maybe hold them accountable. Maybe even the lightest of cheating infractions, or not even cheating, just maybe the most lightest of attempt to bend the rule infractions. Like maybe just be like, hey, fuck, why is Diaz doing that? That's really shitty. There, you won't get that response from him. Why is Maldonado using it a bat that? Uh, why is he using a bat that he knows is illegal? Why is he getting a gift from Albert Pujols in the World Series? just all fishy it all makes sense and it all just continues to fuel the narrative that they're cheaters um and i think hey even if they win this world series you're gonna have these two instances surrounding the narrative and then it's like when did they stop cheating when did they stop attempting to bend the rules when did they stop trying to make the game easier for them in you know kind of a a nefarious fashion and they don't they haven't done that astros fans who can't seem to take like the lightest of punishment from opposing None. fan bases. They're like, is it, it's been five years. Should we really still be associating cheating with this team? Yes. Why have you earned the benefit of the doubt? We know you were cheating in 2017, even though you seem to your ex your explanation is they were just a scapegoat in 2017. Uh, you know, and while it's true, they were not the only team doing this or skirting the rules. I think it's pretty obvious they were the only team doing what they were doing. I, I don't think that you really, like, if, if there were other teams with systems, they didn't rise to the level of what the Astros were doing. Uh, if you weren't caught until after 2019, why would you stop in 2018 and 2019? And when you're bending the rules in these small, subtle ways to this day, then why should anybody view you favorably? Somebody was like, uh, ooh, the, the, the organizational turnover should have stopped these conversations already. Same owner, Jim Crane, the scumbag, uh, there is a report from uh, his Hummingham LB owner that yeah, this at is his good. place of business, he was discriminating against African-American hires because you, quote, can't fire them. Like, that's the kind of person he is. That's he's tried guy. to skirt the rules. He's tried to skirt the rules every time he's been given a chance to. And he was just overseeing an operation that skirted the rules again a couple of days ago. I'm so fucking glad we got Asuna. That was 2019. That guy was fired, but the rot goes deeper into the organization. So... Again, I can't possibly root for this team. And if you want a reprieve from people calling you cheaters, I'm not going to give it to you. Like, you win 105 games every year. You're in the World Series every year. When I was a kid, the Yankees won a lot of games and won the World Series every year. And I deal with people saying I bought championships. And George Steinbrenner's a scumbag. And I have no idea how to win titles without spending money. And nobody liked the Yankees. And it was unfortunate. I was a child. And I would go to school and go, I wish people liked my team. But they didn't. And I won titles. And I got to go, well, at least I won titles. 
you are in the World Series every single year, six straight ALCSs, 2017 World Series. You got to suck it up. I'm sorry. It's probably not pleasant for you, but this is the lot that you've chosen in life. You could be a different team's fan, be a Texas <laughs> Rangers fan if you want to, but you want to root for the winner, so you have to deal with – I'm sorry you have to deal with mean tweets. I'm really sorry that that's the worst thing you have to deal with. Just it's such it's everyone's a loser. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating when everyone's a loser, baby. It's like how about how about being uh, how about being a Yankee fan? Not that uh not that I'm crying here, but win or lose, win or lose, we're the assholes every single time. You win, it's yeah. like oh you don't deserve it. You're spoiled. Whatever you lose, and it's like hi you couldn't win with all of that. You suck. And you follow this team, you know, pitch by pitch the entire year and wasted your time. You're a loser. Yeah, I am sometimes. But I mean, being a baby about the backlash is the biggest, the biggest aspect of being a loser of all. Um, And Astros fans. And once again, like it just comes back to like Astros fans being like, well, everyone else was cheating. So why are we the only ones being held accountable? And someone was someone was talking about it. Um, Shit, who was it? Uh, I hope I can remember because I want to give the person credit, but they were talking about how, oh no, it was Lucas Giolito. Yeah, that's, appeared, that's what I thought you meant. Yeah. Yeah. He appeared on the uh, Chris, he was on the Chris Rose rotation and he was saying that, you know, when we were laughing at Bregman, just reading from the piece of paper and like smirking the entire time, um, uh, Giolito was like, his mindset was probably like, we knew all these other fucking teams were doing it. So why am I up here apologizing for it? Um, I don't know, man. You got caught. The investigation revealed a lot of stuff, and you were the ones who won the World Series that year, and there's a lot of evidence to support it. There was banging of the trash cans. There was whistling. There was a, there was a guy who snitched you out, a former teammate who decided to snitch you out. Um, there was evidence of you not swinging at 30 straight curveballs from Clayton Kershaw in Game 2 of the World Series or Game 3 That's of the World Series. That's one of Series. my favorites. That's one of my favorites because yeah. Tom miss at a single curveball and in truth they swung and missed at one and i saw astros fans all weekend being like verducci why don't you recant your report where you said it wasn't one swing and miss it was one like like when patriots fans during deflate gate were like chris mort at chris mortensen die for saying that the balls were too deflated or whatever it was the same thing with verducci but they were just trying to get him to recant the fact that he said it was zero swings and misses and it was in fact one like, oh, yeah, thanks for fighting the good fight, Astros fans. Yeah, um, it just comes down to they had a wide, you know, they had a wide-ranging operation, apparently. Um, there was a lot of, look, maybe if you do deep dives on other teams, you'll find this information. But um, for someone like John Boy to be able to deduce all of this, find these rare instances where um, you were able to pair the audio with the actual um, you know, the, 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 the criminal act, the illegal act here, um, is you were blatantly doing it. You were doing it in plain sight. You were being very disrespectful about it. You were being, um, uh, you know, very, uh, just very brash about it all. Um, and you were called out by multiple teams throughout the season. That was no secret. Um, all the division opponents had complained about them. Um, were the Yankees cheating? Maybe, but didn't really hear uh, outside of the Apple watch scandal of what 2019 um, there really wasn't anything that uh, went public about even the Red Sox, you know, the Red Sox stuff. I know they, they got dinged for a few things, but 
it wasn't even close to what was revealed about the Astros, and there wasn't nearly as much uh, flack from opposing players or teams or managers and whatnot um, that the Astros got. And that's just the fact of the matter. That's just what happened. Um, there was no, there was no crusade to just put the Astros in the, in the middle of the crosshairs here and let every other team off the hook. There was a, there was an evident, there were different levels of cheating, right? There might've been, you know, four tiers and the Astros were above the highest tier by far. And everybody else was two tiers below. Um, Doesn't make it right. I'm still down for teams who did, you know, commit any infractions to be disciplined, but for the Astros to act like, you know, who are we to get in trouble for this? Or this isn't fair that we're the only ones standing up there. It's like, dude, you got in trouble for it. Deal with it. Be done with it. And we can all move on instead of giving us more content to create about, you know, you kind of being um, a child about it, like being reluctant to apologize because nobody deserves your apology um, or, you know, trying to defend Jose Altuve because he assured him and Josh Reddick assured everybody they didn't want the garbage can notification. So, you know, lay off those guys, everybody else, you know, don't get mad at AJ Hinch. He destroyed a TV that we were using to try and relay the signs. You know, it's not fair to him. No, it is fair. It's fair to everybody. You were involved. It all happened under your watch. You got caught. And that was the end of the story. And that's why, you know, I understand some aspects of it. But in the end, it's like now there's this blind defense over every single thing. And it just gets exhausting. It's like your team did something bad. It was very evident and objective how bad it was. And why can't we just why can't we acknowledge that? Yeah, it was five years ago. Where's my forgiveness? Like, I only found out about it two and a half years ago. I didn't know about it five years ago. Yeah, It hasn't been five years for me. It's been five years for Alex Bregman. It hasn't been five years for me. Uh, you know, I, I've moved on. I don't think about it every second of every day, but I don't forgive you. I still hate <laughs> you. I hope the Phillies win the World Series. And Alex Bregman himself, you know, as John Boy is selling the Astros AL champ shirt, and he's saying, like, no, buy from somebody else. Don't buy from a conspiracy theorist. Again, Astros may love to try to get the benefit of the doubt on the Altuve buzzer thing. Sources throughout the league were saying they suspected the Astros of using buzzers, and Altuve won't show anybody his, his chest after the game. So, like, I'm going to think that's weird. I'm not, getting, I'm not getting on a pedestal and being like, they used buzzers, and I could prove it. I don't know what they did. All I know is that was weird. I heard three different excuses for it. I heard he's shy, his wife doesn't want him to strip anymore, and he has a bad tattoo. Those are that's a spiral. That's a you're spiraling if you're saying those three things at the same time. So do I know the Astros used buzzers in 2019? Absolutely not. Am I fabricating this accusation out of thin air? Absolutely not. And I'm not even accusing them. I'm just saying people are saying, How could you believe John Boy, the conspiracy theorist? How could you buy in? I bought in because they never explained it and Altuve did the craziest thing I've ever seen. So I'm not going to forgive you for that either. I'm not going to spread it, but like, can we just forget? Can we forget the stuff everybody knows happened? Can we stop theorizing? No, we can't. We won't. <laughs> no one will. And then you, yeah. And then you do shit like this during the world series. And then it leave, it leaves more theorizing to be done. You're leaning in front of pitches. That's clearly an illegal thing to do. Again, I don't know why there's no clarity on the punishment there, but not right. Use an illegal bat. It's against the rules. Doesn't matter the severity of the infraction. You clearly just were fine with disobeying the rules. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We'll see. It. In, we'll we'll see you in Philadelphia. 
for the remainder of this series. Hopefully games three, four, and five go out without a weather hitch. We're waiting on the update for tonight, and we'll have that for you in a little bit. Uh, But the Phillies have a golden opportunity to deal the Astros another harsh blow, a team that lost the World Series to an NL East team in 2019 and in 2021 and is facing a third straight NL East team in 2022. And what do you know? It's a series. Uh, That's it for this episode. Hopefully the next time we see you, we have Yankees news, Yankees buzz, and a new world champion in the good direction, in in the red October direction. Uh, yeah. But we'll know more about that when we see it on Thursday. Until then, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us those five-star reviews. Drop us those mailbag questions. Thank you to England and Chase Utley and all those folks overseas in the UK for supporting the podcast as well. Um, happy Halloween, everybody. I am dressed as a, a Yankee fan contemplating the future under Brian Cashman. Thomas is dressed as the accounting department. Both of us are the spookiest possible vision you'll ever see um and you can find me on twitter at adam weiner but thomas carinante at tommy's underscore takes also you can find both of us on the official yanks go yard twitter account at yanks go yard fs head on over to yanks plenty of off-season content there world series adjacent content there we're having a good time you guys are reading we appreciate it uh continue on with the comments uh twitter discourse However you want to get involved, do it. Uh, just make sure you're not being a jerk to anybody because we don't, we're not going to condone that. Not on Halloween. Not when everyone's trying to have a good time and eat candy on Halloween. Um, so until yeah. then, folks, we'll see you next on Thursday. Uh, Michael, a little bit earlier that day for fun because we're all about changing and adapting. Um, but enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully we get uh, three World Series games before then um, and we could be talking about a potential result here. would be great. The result, the good result that we want, we'll tell you more about it on Thursday. Though. James Click to the Yankees. Many people are saying we'll see you on Thursday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.